Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses and Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Episode 149 of The Morning After. I'm Jesse Kiefer. I'm Sarah Kamen. On today's show, from the Cider Bar Wassail on the Lower East Side, co-owner Ben Sandler and Cider Director Dan Pucci. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. How's it going? It's great. It's great to have you here. Really well, thanks. Later, we're going to test your trivia skills with one of our most ultimate Morning After quizzes. Sari, get ready. You haven't even taken it yet. I'm scared. But first, uh, what happened in this crazy uh, world of food we've got around here? Man, it just gets weirder and weirder out there, doesn't it? I hope so. Must have been the blood (laughs) moon. Because we'll have nothing else to talk about. Indeed. Uh, Well, one of the biggest things that happened is that Chick-fil-A finally opened in New York City. Yay. (laughs) I mean, so in college, yeah, in college, waffle fries were great. Are they not still great? But it was before they, you know, it was before I came out and before they came out with their Waffle fries were great before they decided they hate gay people. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, there's there's more to it. Um, So, you know, probably you guys were aware there was some weather that happened this past week. Mm Thanks to one of the best mm-hmm. graphics I've ever seen. Thanks to Hurricane, the the Joaquin, Joaquin as, Phoenix. like shaven face, and then uh, yeah, crazy. Hurricane crazy Joaquin face. Phoenix, um, you know, gave us some rain and some wind. Yet, despite that, the night before it opened, about um, I don't know three five hundred people lined up the oh. night before because the first hundred people to get into Chick Fil A when it opened at six a.m. were rewarded with. An entire year of like unlimited chicken sandwiches. So I don't know. Maybe there was more. Maybe there was like thousands of people who just camped out in front of Chick Fil A, despite like being poured on. Poured on, yeah. Just so they could have a lifetime supply. Okay, so when someone camps out for like the Olive Garden Pasta Bowl mm-hmm. card, whatever, mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm. But like in the rain for chicken sandwiches, I don't know. I but mean, a whole year. Ben, Dan, can you can you? Did, and did either of you were either of you in that line? No, that'd be kind of insane. I feel like. Well, um, we're not judgy here. I mean, we well just yeah. a little bit. But yeah. at the same time, there's only a hundred free cards. Then we're thousands of people line up for it. We're like, oh, maybe they're gonna leave. I don't understand. Yeah, well, maybe because of the rain, they were like, oh, like these people, people ahead don't of me are have be as much no will as I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, they're like, I'll sh- I'll show you. <laughs> I think people would probably line up for In and Out, whether there was a reward or not. Yes, and I'm not a fan of Chick Fil A, but well, some people are, I guess. Well, if it, no one has seen the Chow Down at Chick-fil-A music video by drag queens Willem and Detox, please look it up. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I can't believe I haven't seen that. I can't haven't believe you that. haven't either. Okay. Other things happened this week. Um, Nestle, company we're all familiar with, they have a new creamer for coffee that they're calling All Natural Creamer. And as like a, I don't know, a promotional I guess um, they took over the coffee shop Irving Farm. You guys know that place? 
I think yeah. it's in the West Village. So mm-hmm. Nestle took over the coffee shop for a day, and they had nude baristas working there to promote the concept of like all natural creamer. So I saw the video. <clears throat> they had, I think they were like actors or something. They hired people to work, and they were they were body painted like as if they were wearing an apron. But it was just body paint. So people just came in to get their normal coffee, and they were confronted with like naked workers who just acted like totally normal and were like, "Hey guys, what can I get for you?" And they were like, "Oh, have you tried this new delicious like all natural creamer?" And you know they were New Yorkers, so they were like, "What the fuck is going?" Yeah, they're on like, here? "It's called cream." Like milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "There's all well." The best part is like, there's only four ingredients, like milk, vanilla cream or, or sugar or something and then like and natural flavors <laughs> I was like flavors uh, is that's more than one ingredient and when you don't specify what it is <laughs> that's definitely especially more than one ingredient especially when you're naked especially when you're naked it's very intimidating yeah I'm a little bummed they didn't walk in there though yeah. I know yeah and some guy in the video was like this is the best day of my life <laughs> <laughs> was it like men and women yeah yeah, and then, oh, and then someone on the video, there was a woman talking to the male barista, and she's like, can I see your butt? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, like, nice. You know, it's, like, a little extra something, something with your coffee. Get your day going. Yeah, get your day going. Get your day going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of natural and food. Can I say something about that? I'm just, oh, yeah, I, of course. I'm, I mean, I just want to know how much, I mean, n- painted people aside, how much did Irving Farm get paid to do know. that? Because yeah. that they, like, is actually rented it out. It must day. be because that's not that goes completely against what I think Irving Farm is all about. I know Nestle and Irving Farm. Like you don't really no. think of that. I know it's. I not thought it was all. strange too. Maybe they looked at it like this is some sort of you know art piece. Like Banksy might do this. So <laughs> so will we, Irving Farm? Know. If you're listening. Yeah, I mean, I guess most coffee shops reluctantly have sweet and low and and, uh, equal, too, so... But most don't have nude baristas. No. And that's the difference. (laughs) No. Speaking of... Naturally. Natural. Natural. Food, I guess. Um, Most of you know of uh, Movember coming up next month. It's like the month where men are supposed to grow facial hair. Mm-hmm. You guys already have some, so you're ahead of the game. Uh, well, Rogue Brewery <clears throat> is has a new beer called Beard Beer. And they're using the yeast created from the Rogue Brewery's brewmaster. It's hard to say. John Mayer. His name is John Mayer, but not spelled <laughs> like the singer. Um, so they're using the yeast from his beard to actually brew this this special Wait, beard. Wait, Did you say beer. yeast from his beard? Yeah, yeah that's that, what that, I said. All, all gets caught there over how many years and how many weird things just like happen to be all the ambient yeast that gets caught. Yeah. Well, apparently he was searching like high and low for a special yeast um, to make in his new Oregon beer. And uh, his his old growth, this that's in quotations, beard, has been flourishing since 1978. And eventually he figured, you know what? I'm just going to use my own beard yeast. Awesome. I'm going to stop searching. The uh, yeast was always here. The uh, yeast is is part of me. That's not what he said, but that's how I'm interpreting it. Not to be punny or anything, but no. I think that if you're going to use any yeast from a human, it should be from a brewer's yeast. <laughs> ah, very well. Very good. Um, oh, so anyway, this man. this beard beer is actually now the official beer of Movember. That's some awesome terroir. Uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. I'm. I mean, I. I wish I had a pun, but I'm just horrified. It's stunning. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. But I mean, yeah, ambient yeast is from all over the place. So well, I mean, that's I guess, true. Who am I to judge? Yeah, but if you saw this dude's beard, you'd be talk like, talk about. Ugh. Yeah, talk about natural. <laughs> sounds pretty natural. Yeah, I know. That's like a nice segue there. Right? There we go. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Those were great, Sari. Well, thanks. I Thank you, Internet. I can't wait to hear what happens next week. Oh, my God. We're going to so take exciting. a break here on the morning <laughs> after. We're going to come back with uh, Ben Sandler and Dan Pucci of uh, Wasail on the Lower East Side. Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. And we're back here on the morning after. I'm Jesse Kiefer. I am Sarah Kamen. Out there on the internet, wassail is defined as a hot mulled cider, traditionally drunk as an integral part of wassailing, a medieval southern English drinking ritual intended to ensure a good cider apple harvest. Co-owner Ben Sandler and cider director Dan Pucci of Wasail. Maybe you can tell us what that word actually means, because I actually saw some other definitions of oh, it, too. thank you. Well, there's lots of <laughs> and definitions. And am I pronouncing it correctly? Wasail, uh, but Wassail is, a, is an alternate uh, pronunciation. We choose Wasail. I mean, wassail just sounds like oh, wassail. Like isn't that like a, like a verb? Like, like you can go, go wassailing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's Here one of the meanings. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a salutary greeting. You'd say wassail. Wassail. But you can, it's also oh, a... It's like uh, the original what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Can we bring yeah. that back? We could. What's up? What's up? It's also, uh, you know, a, a, a drunken, relevatory, you know, celebration, um, a wassail. Uh, the, the context that we use it for naming the restaurant, though, is um, <clears throat> a, uh, a ritual. Uh, it, it's a pagan ritual uh, in which people gather around the largest tree in the, in the dead of winter uh, in an orchard and uh, make a lot of noise, sometimes shoot guns, bang on drums, sing dance and uh basically as an effort to ward off evil spirits and welcome a great harvest um for the 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 spring and fall um so that's you know that's how we use it uh but yeah it also has a a a christmas time connotation when people go around uh you know wassailing and caroling and if you will is it truly the first uh like official cider bar in new york city I think, yeah, the first, like, official cider bar on the East Coast or even. 
Well, no, no, not definitely not on the East Coast. Coast. And I don't like making claims about what, you know, sure. the first this, first that. I mean, there's certainly, you know, other places that have focused on cider. I mean, you could say that a tasting room at a, at a, at an, at an orchard uh, would be considered a cider bar. So, you know, it depends on what your definition is. But also is. your other place, Queen's, Queen's Kickshaw, Kickshaw. Got a, you know, is, is well noted for its, its cider list. True, true. I mean, the, you know, we had about 35 ciders, probably the biggest list in New York City prior to a sale. Yes. Um, it's kind of a natural evolution for you then to go, you know, so focused on cider. Yes, that was exactly. Oh, is that what you were going <laughs> to <Yeah>. say? <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, on the East Coast now, there's actually uh, a cider bar in... Uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Finger Lakes has a cider bar. There's another one that's going to be opening up in Rochester. Um, D.C. in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, Ancho Muller's. Yep. Um, there's a few more, too. Is a guy opening like Poughkeepsie or... Um, I didn't know about that one. The, or Beacon, I think he's opening up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. clearly it's trending is what, it's what's yeah. happening. And there's a, there's a demand for it. And people are looking to drink, um, I guess, a more, um, you know, craft ciders and... You know, as opposed to like the woodchuck and the kind of things that you can get at the deli. So, I mean, just tell us a little bit about like how you approached opening with sale, and um, you know, was there any sort of like intimidation about opening the first cider bar here, or did it just feel like the timing and uh, you know stars aligned? Well, we did. You know, we did obviously a lot of research. We we spent years uh, um, meeting cider makers and testing the market at the Queen's Kickshaw and uh, growing the cider list there and, and really developing an understanding about um, how to talk about cider and how to drink it and how to present it to, to the public. Um, and so it was, you know, it, it was through the fruits of, of those efforts that, that we opened with sale, for sure. Um, and, you know, specifically, you know, why we tried to uh, go in the direction of... Uh, uh, pairing cider with food as our focus, and so being as much of a restaurant uh, as well as a cider bar, um, because we felt that just like uh, wine and beer, um, cider pairs extremely well with food, and there's such a wide uh, spectrum of, of ciders that that are available, especially now more so now than than a couple of years ago. Um, so there's there's a whole like you know it's a huge palette to choose from for, mm-hmm. for pairing uh, great cider with with beer. Yeah, I mean I have Sorry, to say my food. first re- <laughs> right my first reaction after eating at the restaurant and of course you know tasting a bunch of the ciders was like wow that food is a lot better than it has to be you know <laughs> like it's such an elegant restaurant on its own and it's also such like an outstanding cider bar on its own. Um, I was just kind of like blown away by the combination of it. So sort of like how how does the the food pair with the cider or like how do, what's the philosophy behind like the type of food? It's very vegetable focused. It's very seasonal. And I mean, it felt very, you know, kind of high end to me. It's, it's extremely thoughtful. So can you just sort of like talk about the approach of how the menu, both menus kind of work together? Well, I think Joe and the food, he really kind of focuses on making um, the vegetables sing for themselves. We want to make kind of the vegetables like be the focus of the dish and kind of taste all the elements of the vegetables and really have them stand on their own and be a really amazing product at the end of the day. And I think cider is really easy to flex with them. Um, we don't have, our food's not particularly heavy. Um, so the ciders, are, which are generally lower in alcohol, kind of pair really well with kind of the flexibility of the food. Um, and cider is pretty easy to pair food with. Um, cider is like the low in alcohol. You can go with spicy food. You can go with heavy food. It has acid. It has tannins. It kind of has this kind of weird, awkward combination of wine and beer and one beverage with that kind of lower alcohol, acid of wine, tannin of wine, but 
more of the alcohol you can kind of pair better things with and, it's, yeah. and you can drink a lot of it too like ciders low alcohol you can drink four or five of them and like oh that's fine good not like a bottle of wine like oh i'm done yeah totally ben what was the the choice to keep it a vegetarian menu because at least like historically and you know in some parts of the world like spain um you have this like very very funky kind of acid driven cider and you eat steak with it so right. like this is such a different approach yeah like meat no. proteins i was thinking like yeah was the vegetarian menu initially the plant right well i mean i mean first of all i'm a vegetarian my wife's a vegetarian and so that you know the and restaurant- you wanted to be able to eat it yeah anyway. exactly and and the restaurant that we have uh in queens the queen's kick is also there's also no meat um but the thing is that people don't really miss the meat and we don't make a point of the fact that there's no meat on the menu at either restaurant because um, we we do feel and truly truly believe that that vegetables have so much versatility uh along with grains and dairy to make incredibly rich and satisfying layered and complex dishes that that can be so varied and so much more interesting in many ways than than meat dishes um that it, it was a natural fit. So, I mean, there, there's definitely different approaches that one could take. I mean, if we were going to, you know, sort of take inspiration from from um, the Spanish cider tradition and 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 pairing, say, you know, a, a rich fatty pork dish with with uh, um, you know a high acid uh, a cidra, um, then that would be like that would sort of pigeonhole us into one corner of of the world of cider. Um, so. You know, we wanted to make it mm, more international. We want to be able to kind of yeah. highlight the entire like world of cider and talk about cider without the context of certain foods and things like that. Yeah how how does it work for you, Dan? Like when someone orders, you know, a couple different dishes on the menu because you know, well, it's, you know, there's so many like small plates for sharing. Like, how do you approach you know recommending cider? Um, I basically talk to them about the ciders, and we can kind of figure out. Um, more about what they might actually like and in terms of the cider profile itself and then like they're having some of the more fatty dishes definitely things like the Spanish styles or some of the more high acid European styles definitely great or uh, even like Finger Lake Cider too is that really high acid style of cider um, and at the same time I'm like you want bubbles not bubbles and things like that and how is that really going to play into your dish um, but I think people are more interested in just trying lots of stuff at a restaurant. Like people are really just curious about trying as much cider as possible because yeah. they're really they're really hungry for more and more and more about like the different kinds of cider we have to offer. Yeah, the theory behind pairing cider with with food is the same theory that goes behind yeah. pairing wine with wine food or, or beer, beer yeah. with food. I mean, basically, you're looking for dominant flavors that contrast each other. You're looking for underlying fla- flavors that that mimic each other, and sometimes you're looking for something that's missing. So you know, if 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 there's everything in a dish, you've you know you've you've got you've got richness, you've got acid, you've got you know earthiness, but but in the cider you've got some smokiness. Perfect. Yeah, you we do I mean? like really awesome cider dinners at least once a month with different producers, and at the end of every dinner, all the producers are like, "Wow, this is some of the best." Like these are we had Diane Flint in last month uh, from Foggy Ridge in Virginia, and she was like, "This is some of the best food I've had paired with my ciders ever." And, like that's awesome how did you go dan how did you go about building the cider list um just kind of there's not very good comprehensive source of cider so it was a lot of just like scouring the market finding out what was there um looking tasting trying seeing what made what made sense it was a lot of like we worked a lot of work with a lot of local producers in new york state and so a lot of just kind of building those relationships and talking and tasting and more emails and 
emailing, getting emails back five days later, and then emailing, talking more about these producers and trying to get these like good supply chains going and getting producers interested in realizing that hey, if you make really good cider, like there's a market for it. And like I think that's what's really exciting right now is these producers here in New York State who are doing really who are pushing the limits and making a really exciting, really cool cider. Realizing that hey, like it's this is worth the effort. This is worth the extra time and money. Like if I can invest more in making better quality ciders, I can make a I can make more money at the end of the day. Yeah. What do what do people like like when they come in? What kind of ciders do people gravitate for? And then, like on the flip side, what do you feel is is harder to sell? Um, it really varies. Like we get a lot of different consumers in. I would say we get folks who are. Either very, we got very new to cider folks. So like, I have never had this before. What is this? Yeah. What's like the what's the beginner cider? Um, for beginner ciders, you can get to go a couple different directions. You can either do something like um, very something that's very fresh and very easy drinking, something that has a lot of like apple flavors to it. Um, these are things like uh, I know I have left a Charlie from Michigan. It's a very kind of easy drinking, kind of very appley fresh cider. Uh, or like we have Hudson Valley Farmhouse, the Scrumpy Elizabeth Ryan's up in Hudson Valley. It's very uh, like the one we have right now is it's like it was literally from apples that was pressed about two three weeks ago and it's been naturally fermented and it just goes in the keg and it's fermented in the keg and it's just tastes like fresh crushed apple juice in like the best way possible and it's delicious but and, a little spiky but a little spiky and a little <laughs> like oh that's some weird tannin there and like a little bit of like that a little bit kind of horsiness to it and cool in a nice way. Do you tell people there's horsiness to it? Yeah, and people like are really excited by like weird descriptors and like that, and like or like or people like sometimes really like I've never had cider before, or, like but I like acids, like cool. Here's some Spanish ciders. It's pretty extreme. Like oh, that tastes so weird. That's awesome. Let's do it. And like the amount of folks who like the amount of like Spanish cider we sell is pretty insane. Actually, like this is a pretty intense beverage you guys are drinking here, and like yeah, yeah, but it tastes so good. I'm actually kind of floored sometimes by how much uh, Spanish cider we go through and how quickly people are who have never tasted any cider how, how, how quickly they, they, they gravitate to it and like wow because it is kind of like jumping into it's very a shocking pole it's yeah it's it's just like whoo oh my god well yeah because i think most people equate cider with a sweet beverage right They're exactly. not necessarily thinking that a spanish cider is going to be these this crazy malic like <laughs> not at all sweet apples yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy actually the amount of response we get um or like anything weird and strange people sometimes really love or, or really hate and they and like our, our staff's really good at figuring out what people want, and like our, our staff talks to people, our cons- our customers more than any other restaurant they've ever worked in before. They're like, I've never had this much talk, actual FaceTime of customers with their questions and things like that. And we can really because people have questions. Cider's new and strange and a little different. Yeah, and so is the food. Actually, I mean, it's yeah, it's, absolutely. You know, as straightforward as it is, in that it's like vegetables this is corn yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the, the flavors are really surprisingly challenging and like the ingredients you guys use um it's just really really innovative it's definitely like flavor combinations i've never seen in other restaurants yeah it's really fun and like some of our producers um like a lot of these cider producers at least here in your state are they run farms that are not just apples like they run other farms because cider is not quite profitable to them yet so like this guy john i work with the finger lakes he he runs a daring drake farm makes black duck cider and he or he comes down to say, like, John, what do you have? I always like, I text him, like, what do you have? So, like, he came down, like, two weeks ago, brought us down, like, all these amazing German varieties of apples and, like, all these ground cherries and stuff. And I always text him, like, what do you have? And he's like, oh, I'm coming down next week. I can get this stuff. And, like, that's, and that's kind of a good basis for our menu is, like, these random inspirations from, like, random crap people have lying around. Yeah. Well, it's not like a – that's not a way that wine directors work 
in New York City. There's such a like a yeah an availability a- of things, and it's kind of more of like an old world style where you're you're like calling up the cider producer, yeah, and it, you're like, hey, it's a lot give me more, that stuff. It's a yeah. lot more of like like being wine director. He's like, oh, I can call my rep, and it'll be here in, in 24 hours, yeah, or, or less. This is more like. I like have to email this guy and then call him four more times and then figure and then I have to call a shipping company and then figure out how to get the kegs down here and then call somebody else and it's like five people in between and it's like but besides it's only it's me and him and that's it we we're kind of figuring out all the logistics we're not paying four other importers and distributor and then a warehousing company to bring it to us yeah like, it might it might just come down in his car which is great Ben um, you guys just started brunch yes what tell us about brunch what's brunch at Withale. Uh, sure. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty you know small menu. I think probably one of the most ex- exciting things about brunch is uh, the the veggie burger that we just uh, added uh, to the offering. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, uh, smoked onion and mushroom uh, farro and uh, bulgur, and it's um, bound together and fried. And there's provolone and smoked cheddar, and it's really you it's know, very meaty if i camp out the night before will you give me a year supply of it? Uh, oh, no yeah a no. year okay are you gonna come every day for a year no yeah. i want you to send it to me oh <laughs> it as a meat eater it is one of the most like it is a very meaty and like textured a lot of burgers are very like they're dry or flaky or crumbly or you know this is like got a lot of like gross yeah this is we have, our, our burger has so much like like our onions and mushrooms are smoked and they're cured and they get all this like lovely smoky curry meat flavors to them and then they have this awesome like texture that was a hard part actually was getting the, the texture down to getting enough like bite back with a burger but not too much yeah no. I, I think that the like the starting point for us for creating a veggie burger was okay how can we make an amazing veg- veggie burger considering the fact that most veggie burgers suck yeah terribly like I mean the, the bar is set so low and <laughs> you I almost wanna, couldn't fail. I didn't, yeah, yeah exa- well, no, that's the problem. Is that, <laughs> everyone that fails? I, I think everyone pretty much fails. And 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 in order for it to be great, it has to go way, 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 way above that bar. So that w- that was where we were coming from. Yeah. So veggie burger and cider sounds like an actually really good brunch. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, cider week is coming up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cider week, and I know it's cider week in the Finger Lakes. What do you guys have going on? Um, for Saturday week right now, we're still pinning down some events. Um, we have so many producers in town that week. Um, our goal was to be the kind of destination after party for all of Cider Week. Um, we're getting all the producers. Round zero Cider Week. That's kind of the idea, yeah, <laughs> is that we can come to us and we're going to have all this cool stuff from all these producers who are here, but also stuff that they never had before, too. We've got getting in lots of, I'm getting, hopefully gonna be getting some really cool, interesting ciders that have never seen a lot of day before. So hopefully. Like what? Um, we're getting some old, oh, I have some old, we're just getting some old Pomo kegs in from, from Normandy, from, from DuPont. Uh, Kevin Zielinski from Oregon, from Easy Orchards, just sent us a bunch of, um, of his first keg ciders. Uh, he makes the only, like, French-style cider in the United States, so it's Kiev cider, so it's, it's fermented on the skins, naturally fermented, and it's naturally carbonated in the keg. He's been working on it for a few years now, and he finally got it perfected and down. He only sent, like, I think five kegs to New York City, and, like, we got most of them, and they're all... We wait for cider week and all that stuff. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Awesome. We're uh, gonna be doing a, a pop up bottle shop every day yeah. during cider week. So basically, from noon until eleven p.m. every single day during cider week, we're gonna have a number, um, you know, 
many, many, many yeah. of the ciders that people will be encountering throughout Cider Week all over in restaurants and events throughout the city. Um, they should be able to come and, and get those bottles from us during service and also starting at noon every day. Um, we're going to be doing two different cider dinners um, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday uh, during Cider Week, which is November 11th and 12th. Uh, we'll be doing a multi-course uh, tasting menu paired with uh, ciders, either with a uh, New York State uh, pairing or with an international pairing. Um, we're also going to be having uh, a Cider 101 class. We're going to be having some cider makers uh, come in and do some uh, some uh, some forums and, 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 and talks. Uh, we're hoping... Uh, Rowan Jacobson, if you're out there, we're hoping that you're going to come and uh, do something with us. <laughs> Rowan uh, Imports? <laughs> no, Rowan Jacobson. Got it, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, Ground Zero for Cider. Yeah, it's your first Cider Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so where do people go to find out information about this? Uh, I, th- there's a website that Cider Week has, uh, I believe it's... I think it's just Cider Week NYC. Uh, why don't we grab it so we can tell people... Uh, well, we can grab it after sure. the break. Okay. And give it to everybody for sure. Yeah. And, and what about your website? Yeah, what about your website? Uh, we're wassailnyc.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook and, you know, Instagram and Twitter. You can definitely find out information uh, through any of those channels. We keep our, our website updated with all of the events as well. Okay. And there's awesome. lots of pretty pictures. <laughs> And delicious cider. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here on the morning after. We will ba- be back with the uh, the morning after quiz. Woo-hoo. <laughs> attention are you there hello 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 i'm talking to you hi hey this is jack insley i'm the executive producer here at heritage radio network i've been here at the station since 2009 and i cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time we've been able to grow because of donations from people like you so if you're enjoying this if you laughed if you learned something contribute Anything. A dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org. Click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks, Jack. And we're back here on the morning after Ben Sandler and Dan Pucci of Wasail. You know a lot about cider, but what do you know about the ultimate celebratory American non-alcoholic sparkling cider Martinelli's? (laughs) It's time for the morning after quiz. You guys ready? Ready. All right. So Martinelli's. It's a, like an apple orchard, you know, cidery, apple juice making place in Watsonville, California. Every New Year's Eve of my You just told childhood. me like four things I didn't know already. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, question one. What did Stephen Martinelli Jr. develop while at the University of California in 1916? Was it A, a process for making unfermented apple juice? Was it B, the first champagne-style cider in California? Or was it C, a way to sneak hard cider to Southern California during Prohibition? 
Well, it wasn't prohibition then, so that's obviously not it. And you said go with B. Always go with B before we started the show today. So B. I said that? Yeah. No, <laughs> sorry, did, but. All right, all right. So Ben says B. What, what, what was B B was the first champagne-style cider in California. And A was A? A was a process for making unfermented apple juice. Uh, A. So Dan says A. Ben says B. For Ben. Exactly. <laughs> you know, actually, <laughs> well, well done, Dan. It was A. It was actually A. So, so Stephen's father, Stephen Martinelli Sr., he did the first champagne-style cider in in California. He was from Switzerland, and he he started the Martinelli cider brand. Oh, weird. I would have guessed it had all been like forced carbonated. So, <laughs> And for the record, I didn't say always go with B. I said some people come on the show and think <laughs> always go with B, which is a strategy that I do not endorse. <laughs> you can't see my fake frown right now. <laughs> it's pretty fake. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. Question two. Which famous Martinelli's loving comedian wrote the following tweet? Got my huge ass bottle of Martinelli's. Shit's about to get wild. <laughs> is it A, oh, wow. Melissa McCarthy? Is it B, Louis C.K.? Or is it C, Aziz Ansari? Uh, I'm with C. A. Dan says C. Ben says A. It is C, Aziz Ansari. Holy shit. I would have guessed A. <laughs> uh oh. That feels so Melissa to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. We That's got really one, we got one person about to potentially win the morning after quiz. Dan, we'll see. How many people have gotten none right? Uh, What's the percentage? How of? many people have gotten none right? Yeah, I haven't I? counted that. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least four. All right, At least I'll, four I'll try to, to get the next one right. <laughs> okay. And only one to ever get three out of three. All right. Final question. <clears throat> Rapper Words Played has a song called I love that Martinelli's guy. all about the joys of non-alcoholic sparkling cider fun. <laughs> Which of these is not a verse from the rap? <laughs> all right. Is it not a, a verse? Not a verse. Not a verse. From the rap. Not a verse. Okay. All right. Is it A? In my cup, got that golden Nelly. Keep it real close because I like the smelly. Oh, wow. Is it B? If it sparkles, then you know I drink. Mix that cranberry juice, so now we're sipping pink. Or is it C? Pouring up like the night is ours. Shorty's getting turned at the bridal shower. Oh, wow. Jesse, you never told me you were such an amazing rapper. Yeah, can I hear this again? This is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I forgot. All right, all right. <laughs> this show should just, from now on, be done in rap format only. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of hip-hop. Um, oh, my God, you're so good. I'm going to guess A. <clears throat> I'm going to guess A also. Wait, I don't remember what A is. In my cup, got that golden Nelly. Keep it real close, because I like the smelly. <laughs> oh, wow, that could be it, actually. Mm. That one's good. I think one's you did. Good. I think you came up with that. Yeah, I think you I think They're all really good. All right, so that's the uh, that's the one that's not. Yeah, I'm yeah. with A. It is! Ah! Yes! We have a winner! <laughs> Wow, Dan, you're the o- the second person to ever win the nice. morning after. Can we get a sound effect up in here? <laughs> Number two, congratulations! Wow, you win a lifetime supply of Chick Fil A <laughs> and Martinelli's. <laughs> exactly. That'd be awesome. Exactly. Um, so we're definitely going to post that on our on our show page. The uh, the words played Martinelli's video because it is amazing amazing, <laughs> I, amazing. I really like the last one and can you do the last one again 
It's about the turn and the bridal shower. That's, yeah. my, that's my favorite. That Pour one's awesome. That Pouring one. up like the night is ours. Shorty's getting turned at the bridal shower. Uh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, well done, Dan. And Ben, thank you so much for both of you coming on the morning after. Thank you. And you got one. And you got one. Got one. You got one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. And thank you to the show's engineer today, Liz Smith. Liz Smith. And her sound effects. <laughs> Today's rap music was provided by Jesse Kiefer. Today's break music was provided by Mamarazzi. The theme song to the show provided by Jonathan Crowley. The sponsor today is the International Culinary Center. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And feel free to get in touch with us at heritageradionetwork.org. Next up, a short clip from another Heritage Radio show, Let's Get Real with Erica Wides. See you next week. Why would anybody eschew or throw away or reject the bones of anything. Bones are culinary gold. Bones are the shit. Erica Wides wants you to use your bones and stop throwing them out. Here's an excerpt from episode 116 of Let's Get Real. And you know how we all like to talk about nose-to-tail cooking now? It's all about nose-to-tail cooking, using the whole animal. Well, how about cooking the entire animal and then taking its bones and boiling them for soup and then cracking those bones open and sucking out every last bit of marrow and fat in them and then throwing the bones to the dogs so they could chew on them and build up their teeth and jaws so that then they can help you hunt down that next wild antelope to put in your pot. That's nose to tail. I mean, hell, that's paleo for reals. Like, that's what paleo is really all about. Bones are literally the foundation. Bones are the bones of Western cooking. The foundation. I mean, the French word for stock is fond. Fond means foundation. If you agree with Erica and want to hear more from her, all episodes of Let's Get Real are available on heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>